At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Maybe. What is up, Buffalo Fanatics? Z-Bot here with you, live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel on a victory, victory Monday night. Haven't said that in a couple of weeks. So good to have you in fresh off of a Buffalo Bills victory. The first one in what feels like an eternity. But a big one, a must-need one, and one that was more of a statement than we've seen from these Buffalo Bills since week four of this season. The Buffalo Bills get it done in dominant fashion, 32-6 over the New Jersey Jets in Orchard Park, New York. And an odd-feeling 425 kicked off game another one coming up this week of course we'll dive into that deep philadelphia eagles another 425 or this coming sunday philadelphia eagles themselves getting set to take on the kansas city chiefs in the super bowl 57 rematch tonight very interested to watch that game tonight because what do you know it the buffalo bills next two opponents just happen to be the two teams facing off tonight just happen to be the two teams who faced off in the super bowl a season ago just happen to be the two teams who, if the Bills beat, they're back, baby. But they're not back yet. Plenty of ground to make up, but this was a start, a start that was much needed, and that's why if you look at the bottom of your screen, you will see the title of this show is One Game at a Time, because not only is it one game at a time, but each one of these games needs to be won in order for these Buffalo Bills to continue to climb up the uphill battle they are facing towards getting into the postseason, and then from there, who knows? But this was a start. It was a game that I wasn't overly confident about because like the rest of the games the past couple of months here, I haven't been overly confident about much of anything when it's come to these Buffalo Bills. But this was the biggest spark that the Bills have had going into a game since their last true dominant victory in week four over the Miami Dolphins, and we all know what that was. Ken Dorsey live here on the show a week ago today early morning if you join me for that you uh you are well aware that that story broke while we were live here on the smoke break and we sat back and we tried to decipher what we thought would come of it what would be different if anything and will the bills respond in a way that has us feeling as though they are moving in the right direction because you got to think the first step was something had to be done After the Denver Broncos loss, it just felt inevitable that a move had to be made. We had talked about not knowing when that move would be made, especially with the bye week right around the corner. Would the Bills wait? Would they not do anything at all in the midseason here? Would they wait till the offseason? Whatever. But all of that went out the window when that morning, Ken Dorsey no longer the OC of these Buffalo Bills, and now a new chapter starts. 
Joe Brady takes over. The Jets are around the corner. We all know the Jets, when it comes to an overall team, not very good in the offense, especially, is about as bad as it can possibly get in pro sports. It, it is truly horrific. It, it is unwatchable. It is ungodly bad. And you can go throughout the generations of football and you'd be hard pressed to find a worse offense. Um, but with that, it's the same offense the Buffalo Bills faced in week one in their first game on the road in prime time with a lead, right? To start the game off. And all they had to do was hold on to it and get out of there alive. And they could not do that. So as much as you felt as though the Bills may have the upper hand going into yesterday, you have been beaten down so much this season that it's hard to be overly confident. At least that's how I looked at it. I look at this Jets team and I think to myself, man, not only is this offense just abysmal, right? But they're also situationally a team that I don't trust. They're a team that doesn't seem to have it within them in order to get it done when it matters most. And that's mainly because they don't have a quarterback that can that can do that. No matter what their defense puts out on display, the offense cannot take advantage of it. And you're going to win very, very few football games that way. But the other way that they find ways to win is allowing teams to eventually beat themselves. And then they are able to capitalize on that throughout the duration of a 60 minute football game. I mean, the best example might be against these Philadelphia Eagles that I was referring to earlier, where the jets win 14 to 12 and it just felt like you were waiting the entire game for the Eagles to just finally put it away. It never felt like the Jets were a better team. But all of a sudden, you know, Hurts throws a late game pick. You blink, that game's over. The Jets win. You know, it's similar to the Chiefs game. Although the Chiefs beat the Jets in that Monday night game or whatever it was, Sunday night game, a few weeks uh, ago, maybe a month or so ago now. It never felt like the Jets were really the better team. But at the same time, the Jets could have gotten out of there with a victory. Same can be said, of course, about the game against the Bills in week one where you were just waiting all night long for these Buffalo Bills to just get out of there. All right, now it's time. Even when you got to overtime, it took all the way to overtime to get that game decided. And even then, the Bills win the toss and start with it and could not do it. That's how these Jets have compiled games. They've been horrendously ugly, but you know they go into that game yesterday with one win shy of what the Bills had going into that game. So when you look at the Bills' body of work and you understand that they have lost to Mac Jones, they have lost to Zach Wilson, they lose the game the way they do last week against the Denver Broncos, it's tough to go in and be overly confident against any opponent in any setting at any time. But yesterday was the ability to officially hit the reset button with a new OC and a new attitude approaching the rest of this season because a new season has begun. This is a different season now. It is now damn near playoff football every single week in order to make the actual playoffs. And the days are gone of being able to afford a loss against a team like the Jets yesterday or a Chargers team coming up or another matchup with New England. You, you, you've exhausted all of those. You've lost to Denver. You've lost to New England. You've lost to the Jets. The margin for error is damn near non-existent, especially when you factor in the level of opponent that is coming around the corner for these Buffalo Bills. You cannot lose the games that you should easily win. But the Bills have somehow throughout this season found a way to do that, whereas other good teams, or many, you would argue, including myself, mediocre-type teams like the Miami Dolphins, 
they don't lose those games. They don't lose games they should. They certainly lose all the games where it's either a coin flip or they're not favored in them. But there's something to be said about a team who consistently wins the games they should. More often than not, that's going to at the very least get you into the playoffs, and then who, who knows from there. All you want is a chance. All you need to do is get into the dance in order to have the ability to make shit happen. But you got to get there first. And the Buffalo Bills yesterday really didn't skip a beat. From the first initial play, not even the first snap, but the kickoff, the Bills were the more physical team, the superior team, the better coach team. Uh, and it just felt like they had an energy level to them yesterday that we have not seen in months, truly in months. And I want to start here with, of course, the most pressing topic surrounding this game. And that's, of course, the offense, Josh Allen, and now Joe Brady's relationship to both of these things. And, of course, what that means uh, or what it meant to Ken Dorsey, what it means to not have him around now. That was the big story surrounding the Buffalo Bills going into this game. Ken Dorsey's gone. Joe Brady's in. What's going to be different? And then, of course, with Josh Allen, the narratives have gotten, they've never been louder surrounding JA-17 and where he currently stands as a top quarterback in this league. Now, you've heard me on my stance with that. I've never, de- I, I've never deviated from arguing that Josh Allen is a top quarterback in this league. Of course he is. But I have sure been on my, my soapbox talking about his fair share of blame in regard to where these Buffalo Bills have been the last couple of months, and it's been absolutely deserved. And you watch a game like yesterday, and it's when it finally hits you again. It probably hit you a couple months ago when you saw it three consecutive games, but it hits you again yesterday. That when Josh Allen is able to play a calm, collected, patient-type football where he doesn't turn the ball over, where he goes to his second, third read. He doesn't force the ball deep. He takes the check down. He takes the underneath route. And he also has a run game behind him that they're continuously trying to get going, not bailing on, handing the ball off 10 times a game. More often than not, the guy does not lose. So let's talk about what went into that game yesterday to perhaps allow that to occur. And will will we see it again and again throughout the rest of the year? Because we better. If we don't, my, my confidence level is non-existent. The Bills play like they did yesterday. And I'm not talking about holding your opponent to six points and holding uh, your quarterback that you're going against to a 3.7 QBR. That's not happening again. Okay, Zach Wilson benched. He is now the third-string quarterback for the Jets going into the Black Friday game against the Miami Dolphins. He is truly one of the worst to ever do it. You're not going to be able to have the defensive outing the Buffalo Bills did yesterday where it felt like they were sacking uh, Zach Wilson and or Tim Boyle every other snap. They were turning the ball over at will. They were getting them off the field instantaneously. You all know that that's not going to happen um, this coming week against Philadelphia or against the Chiefs and Mahomes. It's not going to happen against Dallas Cowboys or or even the L.A. Chargers. I don't think the offense for the Chargers is their problem. Their defense and their coaching is absolutely horrid. It's not going to happen against even a competent NFL team. The New York Jets offense is far from competent. It's It could not be more of the opposite. But what was impressive yesterday, and, we, and we've come to expect as of late the defense showing up in every game and, of course, being within the game, allowing the offense to then take advantage of it and win games, but the offense has not. 
I mean, I've told you several times on here, the only game that sticks out to me where the defense played more than their fair share of, uh, you know, uh, of con- contributions towards losing the game, unarguably the New England Patriots game. Every other game, I feel like I can find a legitimate argument to make where I felt as though the offense was more of the detriment to the game than that of the defense, especially when you factor in the insane injury list that this defense is dealing with and continues to deal with every single game. I mean, my God, it just feels like every week, every other series, a guy goes down and it's not just the stinger. I mean, last night, thank God Taylor Rapp, he's all right. He was back home uh, healing up by the time the game ended, but another ambulance has to come out. It's unreal the injury luck that these Bills have had on the defensive side of the ball, yet they still continue to compile great performance after great performance. But, you know, everybody went into yesterday knowing the, the, the Jets offense, they're going to need a snowball's chance in hell, or they're, they're going to need a, you know, whatever the hell. They're going to need an incredible, incredible amount of luck on their side in order for them to score 20 plus points and win that game. They had an insane amount of luck against the bills in week one. That's why they were able to amass the amount of points that they did. Right. And not that, you know, maybe luck isn't the right word, but you have to have big plays break your way that aren't necessarily influenced by your offense, like a punt return, for instance, in overtime, does Zach Wilson go the length of the field and win that game in overtime? Perhaps not. No need to punt return. The game's over. Or does the offense score enough points to keep that game within reach to even bring it to overtime if Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over four times? I would think probably not. And when you remove all of that, you see exactly who the New York Jets are. So we all knew going into that game yesterday, the defense wasn't going to be the focal point. We had, you know, if you've been watching the Jets, you probably had a considerable amount of confidence that the Buffalo Bills defense was going to be able to contain the New York Jets offense to some capacity. I mean, the Jets really just, it's, there's no other way to put it. It doesn't matter who's playing defense. They have an exceptionally tough time. In fact, yesterday was their first touchdown they've scored in three weeks. I don't think they've scored multiple touchdowns in several weeks. I'm not even entirely sure how far back it goes. It goes back quite far. Uh, And despite even scoring their first touchdown yesterday, which took a fake punt and a personal foul to get down there, they never scored again. Not a single point, not even a field goal. I mean, usually the Jets can even amass some field goals. But this defense has been balling out, and they did so again yesterday. They won't get a ton of the credit, I'm sure, just because the offense finally re-arrived, and we all know how bad that Jets offense is. But even to the Jets' standards, which is quite low, the Bills' defense still looked impressive yesterday. But let's talk about this offense. Let's talk about what we saw yesterday and the variety of aspects that go within that, including Josh Allen, those involved within the receiving department, those who really weren't involved in the receiving department, and then obviously Joe Brady's hand in this and what it was like without Ken Dorsey. We sit here today, we're about 24-ish hours removed from that victory, and the low-hanging fruit, the easy answer is Ken Dorsey was the problem. It was all Ken Dorsey's fault. The scheming was, you know, it was not on par. You could see a clear difference yesterday. The coaching was infinitely better. Did the scheme to you yesterday look night and day different? Whether it did or it didn't to you, it wasn't. It could not be. The Bills are on a short week. They played Monday night last week. They fire their OC on Tuesday morning. 
you're not going to have a new scheme, a new playbook within five days, nor are they going to have one this coming week or the week after that, I'm sure. It's just not practical. The Buffalo Bills yesterday did the things that I think would have been beneficial to them regardless of who was the offensive coordinator. But here's where I find an argument for both sides of the keep Ken Dorsey train that was existing. Plenty of people who did not feel like Ken Dorsey should be fired. I feel like there's arguments yesterday for that. I feel like there's certainly arguments yesterday as to why you saw the reason Ken Dorsey was fired. Let's talk about the reasons why I don't think yesterday was a very good um, sample size as to why it was all Ken Dorsey's fault. For starters, it's one game. And it's immediately after the following game where it's such a short time span. How much could have been altered in that time span? In my opinion, not a whole lot. The other major aspect that you got yesterday that you don't get in any other game, and I alluded to it earlier, when you're playing an offense that is as bad as the New York Jets is, you get an ample amount more of opportunity on offense to establish a groove, a vibe, and ultimately get into a position to score the amount of points you do yesterday, which just so happened to be the most the Jets have allowed this entire season. When you are either turning the ball over every single drive or you're punting the ball every single drive, eventually the offense is going to be able to take advantage of that. I know the Bills have certainly had their struggles doing that, and yesterday, don't get me wrong, was infinitely better than recently. But if we look back to the Broncos game last week, the Bills had, a, had to go the length of the field almost the entire game. The Denver Broncos were continuously getting the ball at midfield. It's much different when, it, like yesterday, for instance, you immediately start the game with the ball in the red zone off of a fumble, or you immediately get the ball back on an interception over midfield. When the Bills are continuously shutting down the offense, the, 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 the offense of the opponent, their offense can, of course, get things established in a much easier fashion than they've had the ability to do as of late. That, to me, certainly was a benefit for the Bills yesterday that you were not able to see in the majority of these other games. I mean, you're looking at the time of possession yesterday, and the Bills damn near doubled up the New York Jets. As of you know the last couple of weeks, the Bills haven't been really close in the, in the area of time of possession. That is a major, major factor. And if we go back to what the Bills did in weeks two, three, and four, they were dominating time of possession. And they were winning every single one of those games. And not only were they winning them, they were blowing the doors off of their opponent. So obviously, they were the beneficiaries yesterday of a really bad offense in the New York Jets, translating into plenty more opportunities on offense for them. But the key is that they took advantage of it. What I'm pointing out is that was just one factor, but ultimately you do have to take advantage of it. But what happened out on the field? It was taken advantage of by no one more than the guy, of course, who leads this whole thing. It goes through one man, 17 at quarterback. And he did yesterday exactly what he did in week two, week three, week four. He did yesterday the exact opposite of what he did in week one, the only reason the Buffalo Bills lost their original matchup against these New York Jets. He played a patient, calm, mistake-free type level of football that 
is always going to put the Bills in a position to win a game. I can't even count the interception yesterday because how could you? It was inevitable. It was either going to be intercepted or it was going to be a 1% unbelievable highlight real touchdown on a uh, a Hail Mary. That was not a mid-game flip the momentum type interception. We all know what that was. Yes, of course, it'll go on his streak now of seven straight games with a pick. It'll go on his ledger of the most picks this season. I get all that. And it doesn't change all the other interceptions. But we're talking about yesterday in particular. Josh Allen didn't turn the ball over. And the last two months, they've been turning the ball over at nauseum. And not only did he not turn the ball over, but there was no other turnovers in general. That alone is a major start. And I'm not entirely sure how much of the turnover problem can be blamed on a guy who's sitting up in a booth. The other thing that I think was absolutely the most pivotal part of this offense yesterday was taking advantage of the open areas in the middle of the field and finding yourself getting all the way down the field like you had done in those three games, which feels like forever ago, where the Bills absolutely rolled. There was no stupid out routes towards the uh, the out, towards the out of bounds area or towards the sideline where Josh Allen has seemingly thrown the majority of his picks this season. There was just no BS. It felt like there was no unnecessary BS. It was, we're going to play a collected sound, efficient type game. And we're not going to deviate away from that. And what I love about that is not only are they able, able to do that, but when they do that, Josh Allen is still capable of having explosive plays within that style of play. Of course, the Khalil Shakir throw. To many, that might look like a crossing pattern where Allen puts it on the numbers, Shakir does the rest. Do you know how insane of a throw that was? That throw was absolutely unbelievable. If he were to throw that, you know how you go to the carnival and you play the game where you try to throw it through the tire? That would have gone through the tire, but it was also going probably 80 miles an hour. And the difference between throwing a ball in that situation that fast and maybe one like the Dalton Kincaid last week where he's wide open five yards in front of him is if you don't throw the ball like that in that situation yesterday, that that ball is intercepted 100 out of 100 times. Very few people on the planet can make that throw. One of them, of course, is Josh Allen, and it results in an 80-yard touchdown. What I love about that is that we all know Josh is capable of throwing the ball with that type of velocity. That ball had no prayer in getting picked off. It was either just going to be dropped or it was going to result in what it resulted in. It was a bold decision to throw that ball. It was an aggressive decision, but it wasn't a stupid decision. And it's not just because it resulted in a touchdown. It wasn't thrown up for grabs and double coverage. He didn't stare it down and throw it right to the D-back. He didn't throw it to the area of the field in which there was no room for the receiver to make a play on the ball. There's a difference between aggressiveness and just sheer stupidity. And yesterday you saw the aggressiveness in a play like that. But throughout the majority of the game, you are seeing Josh Allen take advantage of the middle of the field, get whoever really involved within that type of area of the field, move the sticks, and it resulted in points. If you look at what we see here on the receiving docket when it comes to looking at the stat sheet, And if you were to not have watched the game and you saw Stephon Diggs four for 27, 
you don't even see Gabe Davis's name on the chart because he didn't do anything. If you were to see that, and then you see Dalton Kincaid with fewer yards than he had last week and the week before that and the week before that, if you saw all of these things, you would have probably have imagined the Bills had a horrendous day through the air, and they didn't. What's nice to see about this receiving ledger is I got one, two, three, four, five guys with three or more catches in that game, six overall guys with catches. I got James Cook with three for just under 30 in a touchdown. Ty Johnson for three near 50 in a touchdown. I got two running backs involved, both scoring touchdowns in the receiving department. How many times have we sat on this show and pounded the table saying, why are the Bills not getting their receivers involved in the short throwing game? Establish Josh Allen's confidence. Eliminate the need to throw the ball deep consistently, right? Allow them to be able to move the ball down the field without every play having to be Josh Allen pulling something out of his ass, pulling a chunk play out of his ass, Stephon Diggs catching the ball, or they turn it over or they punt. And yesterday, out of 32 attempts for Josh Allen, I have seven of them going to receivers. And two of those going into the end zone. All the while, the heavy hitters, they don't get into the end zone. No touchdown for Diggs. No touchdown for Kincaid, right? No touchdown for Gabe Davis. This Bills team put up the most points that this awesome Jets defense has allowed all year without any of that. Without Stephon Diggs cracking 30 yards, without Kincaid cracking 50, without Gabe Davis even getting a target. And they did it through just sound, mistake-free, efficient, pound-the-ball type football. And it's kind of what we've been asking for. And it just feels like it's something that we knew they could do, but they got away from it. So this is back to the point I was making where I think that you could make the argument on both ends here. On one end, do I think the Bills could have done everything that they did yesterday with Ken Dorsey up there in the booth? I think I do. Do I think that Josh Allen can hit the open guys in the middle of the field with somebody else up there in the booth? Do I think that he can still make that unreal throw to Khalil Shakir with with somebody else up in the booth? Do I still think that he can target his running backs with somebody else up in there in the booth? Do I think he can't? Do I think he can avoid throwing turnovers? I, I do. I do. But on the other hand, does any of that happen if the change in the locker room the momentum, the spark does not occur. And I think that's probably the most underrated aspect of the move off of Ken Dorsey. And it's ultimately why I support it. I had said that I don't know necessarily how much of the blame could be delegated to Dorsey in comparison to where else it should be delegated. Certainly a fair amount. There was no questioning that. And I had said at the end of the day, if you can legitimately understand as you watch your football team evolve throughout the year, that that coach is not making you better, then I have total, I'm totally in agreement for making a move. If you can argue more towards it regressing based on his contributions alone than it is succeeding, it's a no-brainer. Now, I don't know if the majority of the time when you're talking about 
oh, this happened here and this happened there in this game when everybody wanted to blame Ken Dorsey for all of it. I had said, I don't know how true that is. And I think the perfect example, of course, was a game like last week against Denver where it just didn't feel like the bulk of the blame was on Dorsey, but of course he was the guy they moved off of. When you look at the reason why, though, it's not even necessarily because of the X's and O's as much as I think it is, this offense needed to get slapped in the face and a bucket of water thrown on it. And there's no better way to do that than in, a mid, than in the middle of the season, firing the coach. The Bills needed a launch pad, and that, unfortunately for Ken Dorsey, is what that firing was. And in this game, you have got to find a way to be able to get the most out of your players in any way possible. And it's back to what I just said. If you're looking at the future here and you don't think that Ken Dorsey all of a sudden is going to drastically make things any better than they already are, and if you think that he's contributing more to the issues than he is to the success of this team, there's no, there's no argument on my end for moving off the guy. The issues I had had was, were everybody putting all of the blame of this offense and this team on Ken Dorsey's shoulders. It just felt like every time you saw the offense have a, have a dud of a game, which felt like consecutive months the last couple of months, it just felt like he was the, you know, he was the target of all the blame and nothing else. And I look at that game yesterday, and I'm thinking to myself, what they did schematically, it certainly didn't seem like it was leaps and bounds different, but it's the execution. And that's where you wonder if it just never was going to be able to be executed under Ken Dorsey. I don't know. Would it ever be executed if they didn't get the spark? And this is what I mean by the spark. We had looked at Josh Allen and just felt like something was off. It just felt like he wasn't having fun. I mean, you guys probably remember yesterday. I think it was on one of his runs. I think it was uh, his first run of the game or second run of the game where he runs for a first down. He got, he got hit. He gets up and he's got a he's got a grin on his face like I haven't seen from the guy in months. Ear to ear grin. I think that right there is why Ken Dorsey had to be moved off from. Regardless of what I thought or you thought or what anybody else thought, whether it was all of his all of you know, all of their woes were on him, none of their woes were on him, some of the majority, whatever. You saw that smile. And you saw Ken Dorsey's comments, or excuse me, you saw Joe Brady's comments after the game where he was sort of asked what he was talking about with Josh Allen going into this one. And I know it's the most simple cliche answer ever, but honest to God, it's the best answer he could have given because I don't think we've seen this in quite some time. Joe Brady's answer was simply, go be Josh Allen. And I don't think Josh Allen has truly been Josh Allen in a while. And I think he probably would tell you he hasn't felt like it. And what did you hear yesterday on the picked-up soundbite on the 81-yard touchdown to Khalil Shakir? Um, I think I'm effing back. This is what they needed. And I think a lot of that comes at the expense of Ken Dorsey, and I think ultimately as we sit here today is why you probably feel like it was the correct and necessary move. 
Because I don't know if we see a grinning Josh Allen yesterday or if we get the I'm effing back Josh Allen yesterday. We get the Josh Allen coming over to the sidelines freaking out. That in itself to me is worth all of it. The heat you take from having to move on from the OC, the pressure that it puts on you from having to be, be one of those teams who does make a firing in the middle of the season. You don't see many other great teams do that. There's a lot that goes into it, and I'm sure it's not done rashly. And, you know, whether Sean McDermott loves or hates Ken Dorsey, who the hell knows, it's still not easy for a man to look another man in the face and tell him, you're not, you don't have a job today. You're gone. That's not easy to do. I don't care how you feel about the person sitting across from you. It's not until you're in that setting where you have to do something like that that you realize how truly tough that is to do. There's a lot that goes into these things. And I think yesterday, regardless of the score, the little things you saw, the energy, the smiling, the overall confidence that seemed visible where it hadn't been visible in a long time, that's why Ken Dorsey was let go. That's why it was the correct decision. The question now, can you bottle that? We've seen teams before, most recently with the firing of Josh McDaniels for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. We've seen teams come off of a firing within their, within their organization, and they have that spark. Can they maintain this spark, and can they grow it? Can they turn that spark into a, an absolute forest fire? Time will tell. But they had to do it yesterday, and they did. And I know it's easy to say, well, it's against the Jets and this and that. I get that. Believe me. It, you know how hard it is for me to get overly excited about a game like yesterday? It's tough, especially when it's as boring as it is for half the game, having to watch the, the Jets offense. I mean, God bless Jets fans, and it's no slight to you guys. We had to go through this for years with just terrible team after terrible team. But, my God, having to watch that offense, it, it, it is uh, – that is a level of, of torture I've never been exposed to. It, it is unbearable. Just, just god-awful. And, you know, it's tough to get overly excited when you knew. And this wasn't even due to the fact that the Bills are, you know, great or whatever else. It's just due to the fact that the Jets can't score. So when the Bills go up 9 nothing, they really haven't laid their foot down on the gas they haven't gotten, they haven't even gotten into the end zone yet. Three field goals. That game's over. It's over. And guess what? It would have been nine points would have won that game yesterday. So it's super tough to get overly excited. I find myself today more excited about the little things that I saw that I think can be representative of some sort of change moving forward. But we have to see it. Am I bought back in today? after beating the shit out of Zach Wilson, who had a 3.7 QBR? Hell no. Nor should you be. I wake up this morning, and ESPN's already on, and they're, and they're, they're sitting around having a debate. Are the Buffalo Bills back? And I could What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Can't help but think to myself that is the dumbest possible clickbait bullshit debate you could possibly have this morning. Who in their right mind would would say yes based on that and that alone? You can't. And I told you that this was going to happen. No one's going to judge you or no one's going to, to, to assume that you're some great team because of a game like yesterday. The nice aspect is you do that in a situation where they haven't done it as of late. And you bring that into games where you really have the opportunity to prove it. And you really give these debate shows a fair platform to then discuss if the Buffalo Bills are back. Because if you go into Philly next week and win, and, you know, is this is half of this to me being as nuts as I am when it comes to this team? Probably. But I think a lot of it would have to do with the fact that it's somewhat legitimate when you go and do something like that. But regardless, if they do it, chips are back in the middle of the table. Especially bringing that into the bye, get a bit of health back on your side, much needed. You beat the Philadelphia Eagles on the road about as big of a playoff-type setting as you can simulate in the middle of the season and bring that into the bye, and you sit at 7-5 and five with the surrounding aspects currently in the AFC, which we will get into later on in the show because that is as crucial today as just about anything going on within the Bills organization because we, we all know when you're sitting in the spot the Bills currently are, you need help from other teams in order for you to get where you're trying to go. The Bills are getting a hell of a lot of help as of late. Very unfortunate for several other teams. A lot of shit breaking the Bills' way the last week and a half here or so. So they still have the opportunity to have us buy back in. I'm not bought back in after yesterday. But if you were to ask me, because there was nothing the Bills could have done yesterday to have me buy back in. No. Nothing. I don't care if it was 60 to nothing. I've seen two months of mediocre to bad football. I'm not putting my chips back in the middle of the table on one outing against Zach Wilson and the New York Jets, who very easily played. I mean, worst game maybe of Sauce Gardner's career, and it just felt like that defense did it not feel like they had just had enough, and I don't blame them. I don't know how those def- those that defensive personnel for the Jets shows up to the uh, facility every single day the way they do. I have a lot of respect and admiration for those guys. To go out and play as well as they have this year with that on the other side has got to be demoralizing. But you got to wonder if it just gets to the point where they just, I mean, they just got to mentally mail it in. And it felt like at times yesterday, 
especially with, with, with at moments like with Sauce Gardner suplexing Stephon Diggs after the whistle, missing multiple tackles on that Khalil Shakir play, the touchdown to Ty Johnson where there wasn't a defender within sight. It just felt like they have got to get to the point now where they have absolutely had it. So a 60 to nothing game yesterday doesn't have me buying back in, nor should it have you. It would be foolish. But if you were to ask me, is there anything that could have had you buy back in? The answer was no. But if you were to ask me, what do you want to see in order to get you closer to that point? The answer would have been the majority of everything we saw yesterday. Better special teams, better running the ball, exceptional defense, forcing turnovers, putting points up on the board, eclipsing 30 points finally for the first time in what feels like a millennium. Josh Allen having a very efficient, uh, just overall non-hardened, heart attack inducing game. A game where he was just, he looked patient, he looked comfortable in the pocket, and the results represented that. A game where Diggs does not have a great game. In fact, you know, it wasn't even the, the, the four catches that were on uh, on Josh Allen as far as trying to get him the ball. He had multiple drops. It was just a bad game for Stephon Diggs. Uh, I, I know J- Joe Brady says today that he thought Gabe Davis was the player of the game due to his unselfish play in areas that would go unseen. I'll take his word for it. Um, I don't know how that's possible when you're considered a wide receiver too, and you don't even have a single target. Um, But 30, there's a, there's a game two weeks ago where the Buffalo bills don't get Gabe Davis a single catch and they lose and play like shit. And there's a game like today where they don't even get him a single target or yesterday or two days ago, whatever two yesterday. And they don't get him a single target and they beat the living shit out of the other team. So I guess I'll take his word for it. Maybe that was part of the master plan. I have no idea. And at this point, and you're going to probably hear me say this a lot as we go forward. I don't give a, I don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't care how they do it. Do it. What I liked about yesterday is I saw a lot of things that have me feeling good about if they do those things, they should have success. But if they somehow deviate from whatever the hell that was yesterday and still win, I don't care. They just need to win at this point. We are not we 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 do not have the luxury anymore of being able to sit back and pick apart the inefficiencies of this team during a, a win. We just we we we're not there. This team just needs to win, and at this point, I don't think anybody really cares how it's done. It's just nice. Yesterday in a game where that was all but wrapped up early, they gave you plenty of examples. It felt like to show you that they are moving in the right direction, and if they do X, Y, and Z here they're going to be able to compete. And I think it just, it all goes through Josh Allen. And yesterday, I don't know what more you'd really want in a game like that, where he's only sacked once big credit to the offensive line. Who's going against that front four one sack. That's it. Of course, the, the only turnover being the hell Mary before half, whatever does not matter to me in the slightest. 207, damn near 300 yards against that defense, that secondary, that pass, that pass rush. Getting six different receivers involved. Throwing a touchdown to three different receivers. And then on top of that, sticking with the run game. And this is where we also got to bring back in Joe Brady talking about the differences. And I think the the biggest difference here, and people are going to want to go through that game and they're going to want to find little things here and there to be like, right there, 
right there. That's Joe Brady. That's the difference. That's the difference. I, I, that's well and good. And, and they're prop, you know, there's probably some truth to that, but overwhelmingly you want to know what the biggest difference was yesterday. And if this is credit to Joe Brady, then, then hell yeah. The biggest difference was just playing smart, logical ball. And I know that's just the most easy. That just feels like the easiest thing to say. Has it felt lately like the Bills have been playing smart, logical football? No. It's felt like every time they've had something going, they've devi- they, they've they've gone away from it, right? It seems like when they've gotten a run game going, they don't continue to run. It seems like when they have a good thing going under center, they go back to the shotgun. It feels like they continue to try and draw things up for Josh Allen to make plays that weren't there, and it resulted in maybe more turnovers than he would have today. It felt like Josh Allen was then on top of that trying to compensate for all of those things going wrong, contributing more to the turnover problem. It just felt like nothing was fundamental. Nothing was easy. And yesterday against a great defense, it just felt a measure or two higher in regard to the ease on the eyes. It just felt like it was a degree or two easier for these Buffalo Bills yesterday than anything we've seen the last couple of months. And I think that that's got to be given credit to Joe Brady because I think that there's probably something to be said about a guy who just says, who just does what seems to be the right thing to do. And that's, we're running the ball well. Let's keep running it. They ran the ball 40 times yesterday. 38, 38 times on the ground yesterday. And it feels like in this particular circumstance, maybe this exact same game, Ken Dorsey might might have ran the ball 25 times. I think there's something to be said about just doing the easy thing. Sometimes the right thing to do is the easiest thing to do. And I think that was the best way to describe yesterday. You're running the ball well. Shit, let's run the ball 40 times. Josh, you see how well you're moving the ball down the field without having to force anything? 32 points. Besties looked in weeks. Three touchdowns. No legitimate interceptions. No legitimate turnovers. One sack. It was it, it, it seemed easy. The dink to Ty Johnson. <laughs> Shit. 30 yards. Touchdown. The dink over to Dalton Kincaid here. The, to Dalton Kincaid there. Right? Dump off to James Cook. Move the ball down the field, down the field. And I know in the beginning, yeah, you know, you settle for, for field goals in the beginning, and, you, and, and it's not necessarily great. But it's still moving the ball down the field and scoring points, and it just feels like the Bills haven't done that to any consistent capacity as of late. I mean, hell, even yesterday when you do settle for your first three drives being field goals, the Bills hadn't cracked eight points in the first half in five of their last six games. I'm not going to complain about three consecutive field goals. And then they never quit. They kept with it. They kept doing the same thing. All right, they couldn't get in the end zone. Finally, they couldn't be kept out of the end zone. But like I keep saying, we're at a point now where it's tough to get to start picking apart the nitty-gritty things when all they need to do is win. One thing I won't pick apart is three consecutive field goals against a great defense from a team who could not go past eight points at all in the first half. That right there is nine points, and that wasn't even all of their offensive drives. As we know, they end up putting up 16 to go into the half. 
So a sizable improvement. And I think a lot of that just came from doing the easy thing. I mean, how many times have we said, just take what's given to you? Let the game come to you, J.A. You don't have to make the Superman play every single snap. You don't have to try to get the whole game back in one series. Now, I think that there's something to be said about this team's ability to do this when they're in more of a comfortable spot than usual. When you immediately get that fumble, you get a three-point lead, and you see what the other offense on the other side of the field is doing, maybe it makes it easier to just kind of do whatever and make it look better than anything as of late. But I'm not going to just chalk it up to that when I could say the same thing for the week one game, and that's the opposite of what they did. I could say the same thing for the Broncos game where Denver could not do anything on offense despite having the ball on the 50-yard line, nor could the Bills on offense. So it's to me, it's not just as easy as, oh, something like that. I think just genuinely yesterday was a much-needed improvement both on the field, X's and O's and execution-wise, but also just from the visual perspective as well. It just felt like there was more energy. It just felt like there was more fun being had, and it just felt easier. It just, when you're watching it, it didn't feel like every single play was manual labor forced upon them in in a scenario where it just seemed like it was the toughest thing they ever had to do. And the nice thing to know is it wasn't against some scrub-ass defense. That's what's the best part about this. Because if, let's just, I I don't have the number offhand, but let's just go ahead and look up some overall defensive rankings when we're talking about the comparison of the Jets in relationship to the ones that they have coming up. I mean, I know the Chiefs are well up there. Um, but the Jets are about as good as it gets on the defensive side of things. And that, to me, being able to do it in that, and like, it, I think it would have felt a little, it would have felt a little fraudulent if the Bills go out and do that yesterday against even like uh, a defense like Miami's, for instance, where it just feels like, I mean, I know they've been better with Jalen Ramsey's addition, but we've seen that that defense. I'm trying to think, you know, of a, of a really, I don't know, a really terrible defense. Like, uh, the the Vikings have a pretty bad defense, I think. Whatever, you know, insert the blank. It would have felt a bit different yesterday if they went out and did that, and it was against a defense that's just terrible. But it that's the complete opposite. I mean, we also have to remember as well that the New York Jets have been the biggest pain in the ass for these Buffalo Bills. That's the other thing, too, that's so refreshing about yesterday and it happening when it happened, because not only did the Bills absolutely have to have yesterday happen for them, but it was going up against a team, despite their record, despite their inadequacies, that just seemed to have the Bills number, and more importantly, Josh Allen's number. I mean, they have seemingly had him figured out the last several times they've played him. And because of that, it's resulted in poor performances all around for this entire team. So, yeah, you're looking, I got the numbers up here. And not only had the the Jets not allowed 30 points all year, but they were allowing just at the 20-point mark the entire season. 
And the Bills are going to have to go against similar type defenses around the corner here. The Chiefs have the second best scoring defense in the league. The Cowboys have the uh, the fifth best. The Cowboys might be a bit a bit skewed there because of playing the opponents that they have, including the New York Giants twice. But what I'm getting at is yesterday was more impressive than meets the eye of just the New York Jets because the easy thing to say is it's just the New York Jets, and I totally agree with that, especially when it comes to going up against their offense. But that cannot be said about their defense. It just certainly cannot, especially when you factor in what they have done to Josh Allen the last handful of times that they have gone against him. So uh, it was a much, much needed boost. And I think a lot of the credit can be given to a lot of different areas of this team. Let's, Let's ultimately give credit to their ability to turn a, shitty week into a performance like that it's got to be a rough week where you lose on a Monday in a game that was not only one you felt like you absolutely had to have but a game that it felt like you did have because you did have it if you got 11 guys out on the field the victory is yours there it is without the interrupting ad you got almost an hour in this time improvement just like the Bills I too am improving but it's got to be a real tough week when you lose a game the way you do, especially one that you thought you had, you should have had, but you didn't have it at the end. And then immediately, not even 12 hours later, you fire one of your coaches. You then got to adapt to whatever comes from that, both the loss and now the uh, addition of Joe Brady. And then you got to take that in to a game where you're playing a team that has had your number as of late that beat you earlier in the year. That is one of the better defenses in the entire league. There's a lot, there's a lot of credit credit that should be given in a real tough situation right now. Credit to these Buffalo bills for turning a real shitty week into a pretty great performance based on the standard that we've seen over the last couple of months to be able to give their best performance in some time here play true complimentary football throughout the, almost the duration of the entire football game from literally the opening kickoff on. Um, there's something to be said about that. And it does give, whether it happens or not, imagine where you're sitting today with your thoughts on the state of this team. If all of what's occurred the last week happened and they just, or either the exact same or worse. You're feeling as bad as you felt in a extremely long time as a Bills fan today, if that's the case. Um, so there's something to be said about them doing what they did when they did it. It does give you however much hope and however much hope, you know, can be had towards the overall aspirations we have had for this team. And that's of course winning a super bowl. However much hope is there. It's not much, but there's no arguing the hope today for a variety of reasons. And it goes beyond even the, this season, just the future of the, the franchise. It's great to see the ability to come together and do what they did because guys, I understand, right? It's the Jets. It's, it's this, uh, they haven't done that. In two months, they really haven't. 
So to be able to do it when they did, I, 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 I've been as critical as anybody about him. But that is, there's something to be said about that. There's something to be said about that. Great point. Let's get to some comments here, by the way, uh, as we continue to move on. By the way, um, huge game on tonight in a little bit. We will be closing up shop to be able to watch that because I want everybody here to watch that game. I want everybody to be able to kind of see what we got coming up. And I want to know what your guys' thoughts are when we join in next week um, about, you know, the state of everything with these two teams because these are the next two opponents that, you know, if the Bills win, let's not even get there. It's not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Just saying it, the foundation can be laid one way or the other, depending on what happens, whatever, one game at a time. Seth's coming in. Zbot, one thing you didn't mention is that they had the most pre-snap motion since 2019. Pretty good for a short week. It's a great point. Glad you brought it up because it's one I wanted to talk about, and it's one thing I wanted to add to the differences uh, between Dorsey and, and Brady when it came to just doing the easy things. I remember, I, I can't remember when it was, you know, it, it feels like all these games have blended together because all of them have felt almost the exact same. But I remember saying, you know, it just feels like some of these problems with Dorsey don't feel like world shattering issues that would take years and years or even months or whatever the hell to fix. It just felt like a lot of these things just had to be done and were, were being neglected. And I've gone over several already, like sticking to the run game, right? Or just taking the easy throws and allowing Josh Allen to have those easy throws by getting open James Cook or whoever the hell in the, in the, in the running back room. Getting guys open over the middle, and they've done that. And if you notice, Kincaid had a massive first quarter, and I think that that should happen every week. It just seems like Kincaid is the safety blanket right now and a great one at that. He is like an automatic 5-10 to 10 yard gain. Um, but this point right here that's being brought up by Seth is another one to me that falls in that category where I'm thinking to myself, because I think Dan Orlovsky was the one a couple of weeks ago who had gone through some film for the Bills and had noticed that they just don't go into motion at all. And he didn't understand why. And he was talking about when they did, and, you know, the impact it had. And I remember thinking about that in conjunction with the things I had just said, and it just felt like, well, why aren't they doing it then? And now you get this. With Joe Brady, within one week, they had the most pre-snap motion that this team has had in four years. So it's, it's another great example back to the point I was just making about Joe Brady coming in and just saying, let's make this job easier. Because I feel like everyone's been trying to make it difficult. Why are we making things difficult? We have a superstar quarterback who's supposed to be making our lives easier. Let's make his life easier. And it just felt like that was meeting itself right at the cross section yesterday between let's make it easier for you. You make it easier for us, right? I'm going to get guys open, wide open for touchdowns. And a beautiful example of that, of that motion that schemed up motion and getting guys wide open. I mean, this is probably the best example for all of us because it's got everything I like, right? It's got creativity. It's got that motion that's currently going into yesterday was not part of the Bills repertoire. It's got them getting their running backs involved, and it's got them scoring points. It's the, it's the James Cook touchdown. I know it doesn't look like much. It's a, it's an easy three, four-yard route in front of the red uh, end zone they get in, but there's a reason it looks so easy. 
motion, I think to the left side, takes away the guy that would be on James Cook. And then there's a hole that opens up, and James Cook goes through the hole as opposed to going out on the outside. Whatever. I'm not much of an X and O's guy, but all it doesn't take doesn't take the ability to to be that way in order to see that play and just know that that isn't as easy as it seemed, and that is almost always because of coaching. When a play seems like it's just way too easy, it just feels like the coach gave you an added boost to be able to allow it to look that easy. Like, for example, the best, the best example to me of making it easy would be the two touchdowns last year that Andy Reid schemed up in this exact game we're about to watch, Eagles-Chiefs. If you remember, it, you got a guy running in, a wide receiver on the left or right side, running in as if he's going in motion to the other end of the field. He stops his motion and just immediately breaks back out. They were two of the easiest touchdowns I've ever seen. There wasn't a defender within 20 yards of him, but that's based on what was drawn up. The receiver didn't just happen to do that for the hell of it. That was the play. And yesterday, James Cook is easy a touchdown as you'll have, and it just felt like that was one perfect example. So I'm glad you brought that up, Seth, because the best way for me to encapsulate what we saw from Joe Brady was just dialing things back and making things easier, going with what works. And I had said earlier, uh, you know, what he had said, that essentially confirmed that to me. When he told Josh Allen, hey, just go be Josh Allen. I feel like that's all that really needed to happen. Instead of, hey, like, do you remember a couple weeks ago when McDermott said they went away from the tempo because they were trying to try different offenses or whatever? It was one of the, it was one of the worst things I've ever heard come out of the management, front office, whatever, of this team. There's no reason you should be trying anything other than the things that you know work in the state in which your team is currently in. And it just felt like every week you were just thinking, this doesn't seem right. It seems way too difficult. Why doesn't it seem like it, it can be any easier? And it just felt like yesterday they made it easier on themselves. And it makes you wonder why the hell they didn't do it before, but they have to continue to do it. And it, it all goes through Josh Allen. If Josh can protect the ball like he did yesterday and continue to have the wherewithal, and I know it's tough for him. You know, it might be easy for us to look at all these other quarterbacks who just take the easy route and move the sticks. It does seem like it's legitimately tough for him to do that. Like, like it's like a mental thing almost where he just, he wants to make the play and it's, it's something he's got to overcome. And it sucks that we're still at that point where he has to overcome it this far into his career. What we do know is he can do it. In every game they've done it this year, they've won. Every one of them. Every single game where he has just allowed the defense to set up shop for him, they've won it. And the best example possible came from the mouth of the coach that they went up against yesterday. Robert Sala. I mean, this is damning. Robert Sala himself said yesterday, I don't have, I don't think I have the exact quote up. If I did, of course, and now I don't. But Robert Sala said yesterday, in, in one way or the other, that they were, that Josh Allen did not play nearly as much hero ball as they're used to. And, and he was kind of referring to what contributed to Allen having a good game, what contributed to them losing as badly as they did. 
And he more or less said, Josh didn't give us the game like he did in week one. And how telling is that? Especially a defensive-minded coach coaching up one of the best defenses in the league. He pretty much told you, what was what happened yesterday? And he's like, well, we we basically don't stand a chance against this team if, unless Josh Allen gives us a chance. And he he said it better than anybody. The opposing coach essentially summed it up better than anybody. And it's that Josh didn't play hero ball today. Therefore, we got our ass kicked. He had a great game. Because he's banking on Josh Allen doing something dumb here or there to give them a spark, to give them a shot. And it's exactly what happened in week one, and they took advantage of that shot, and they won the ball game. So if Josh Allen can just follow the wise words of Robert Sala, and that's he didn't play much hero ball today, they're going to win the vast majority of the games that they're in. The vast majority. Can he do it? Because we saw weeks in a row with him doing it, and then we didn't see two months of it appearing again. But he knows what's at stake. Josh Allen knows what's at stake. There's plenty of guys who will be like, you know, we're on to Philly, we're on to Philly. This team knows, you know, yeah, we're on to Philly, and then we're on to the bye, and then we're on to the Chiefs. But they also know we're on to whatever the hell we have to do to make the playoffs. So you got to wonder if it's finally crept in, crept in where it's like, listen, we just got to get there and I got to be, I got to do whatever I can for us to get there. And if that means I got to dial it back, I got to freaking dial it back. He did yesterday and look what it resulted in. Uh, Bartek, my brother, coming in saying there's no need to be excited, but for the first time in weeks, we saw the Bills actually go out and do what they were supposed to do, dominate a weaker team. And that's the best way to put it. Yesterday was one of those games where you should win, you should dominate, and you do exactly that. But you could have said that about the week one game as soon as Aaron Rodgers went out. You could have said that about the Broncos game. You could have said that about the Patriots game and and whatever else. You could have said it about the, the Giants game, especially the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. And all of those games either were losses or very narrow wins that almost felt like losses at the end of it. So you're damn right. Exciting, exciting is a tough word to use because you know, exciting would be beating the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. That's exciting. I would say the best word for yesterday would be encouraging. It is encouraging that the Bills essentially yesterday did the exact opposite of whatever they've been doing the last month or two months, and that directly resulted in as dominant a victory as they've had since week four. And you see on display yesterday that if they do that, what can come of that? And we all know what needs to happen. We saw yesterday them get the result they needed to happen based on playing this way. So you're just sitting here now thinking, they just got to do it again. They just got to do it again. And like I said, they're not going to hold Jalen Hurts to a 3.7 QBR. They're not going to hold Mahomes to 81 yards. But it's to me, it's, it's about this offense. It's about this offense. They can play as efficient as they did yesterday. Yeah. They're going to be fine. Can they do it? Because the consistency has been the biggest problem with this team. They have absolutely got to start playing consistent football. I think I saw a stat earlier. It might have been the DVOA. The, the, the Bills have the biggest variance in DVOA from week to week in the NFL, which is essentially the best way to tell you based on the numbers. 
that they are like the most inconsistent offense in the league. So I'll I'll give you this. They really weren't all that inconsistent going into yesterday. They were just consistently pretty bad. They just broke that trend. Why don't we start a new one where they're just consistently efficient, patient, turnover free, and consistently winning ball games? Sign me up for that. Um, I know it's a shorter one. We're like an hour eight minutes in. I know lately we've been going for like three hours, but mainly that's because we've just been sitting on here uh drying up each other's tears and thank God we didn't have to do that tonight. But I'm gonna cut her at an hour. I feel like I feel like a teacher letting the class out early. I don't I hope you don't feel like this is a class when you tune in. It's supposed to be fun, damn it. But we're gonna cut class early tonight because we got Chiefs and we got Eagles. And look, th- this is this is like let's go Let's go see what's ahead of us. These are our next two games. I mean, this is amazing. Not only is this probably the best game of the year on paper, and, and frankly, up until this point, record-wise, it is, but these are our, the Bills' next two opponents, and you're going to be able to get a look right now at what the Bills have coming up ahead of them, and you're going to be able to decipher from that what is going to happen and how you think these Bills match up. My biggest, int- my, my biggest intrigue tonight is the Chiefs' offense. That's what I'm going to be paying attention to the most. It's what I want you to pay attention to the most as well. I want you to, to really focus in on the Chiefs' ability to move the ball in this game consistently. They have not been able to do that. This is their toughest task thus far. In addition to that, I also am going to be looking out for the Philadelphia Eagles' secondary. So it's kind of a battle of the two units there because the Philadelphia Eagles' secondary when they get when they get the ball down the field, like for instance, Dak Prescott in the game they played a couple of weeks ago, you can move the ball on Philly down the field. The problem is, can you get the ball out of your hands? Because their defensive front is so great, they're always creating pressure, and it's tough to get the ball down the field. But when you do, receivers typically are having good days against this secondary. So let's see. Either way, should be a great game. And like I keep mentioning, these are the Bills' next two opponents, so let's go check them out. Let's go watch some Monday night football. And I want to thank all you guys for tuning in to some Monday night smoke break was so great to be able to share a much needed victory Monday with you. It's been so long. It's felt like, but it's here and let's hope we can string together a few more and a few more after that. And then maybe we're, we're back to buying in. We haven't bought back in yet as of today, but hopefully when I'm with you next week, same time, same place, Oh, we're buying bye, bye, bye. Goodbye for now. I'll see you this same time next week. Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel, 7.15 p.m. Eastern on a Monday night, and we'll talk Bills, Eagles. Until then, enjoy Monday night football tonight. Enjoy the rest of your week, the rest of the week. And as always, go Bills. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.